All right, hey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this 13th episode of the Six of Swords. This is a grand full cycle plus one, the 13th step, coming after an entire year to the day that I began this. It is December 6th of 2019 as I am recording this, probably the hour of the moon, CC, for a few more minutes at least, so now you get an idea. But yeah, so this was a great episode. We had kicked around, Brother Joe and I, the idea of talking about a 10-year retrospective. I guess that was a thing for a second. (laughs) I feel like there should be some kind of puns in there. (laughs) So basically, this is a show, and it's another one on the Six of Swords, which is about art, spirituality, and healing. So thank you very much um, for listening, and we're all in this together. We all have to choose if we are the light or if we are the darkness. It's kind of literally the choice. So as you hear from me, I choose the White Lodge, and there's so much out there. (laughs) So many types of forces, entities, people with different goals and aims and objectives, and what a wonderful existence that we live in. All the polarities exist, all the forces, everything that you can imagine. You know, just without saying anything further, uh, something else that you can imagine. The show is going to begin using a different numbering system when it gets to the second season, which will be 2020. So we'll include the December show of the Six of Swords from 2018 and this one, and the remaining three shows of this season. So this will all be regularly numbered. But when you see that the shows starting in the second season have season two, episode one, and it's all going to be uniform, so by the end of, the, of 2020, you're going to see season two, episode 12, episode 12, episode 12, episode 12 of all four shows. That makes sense to you? Good. This is also the part in the show as it will be continuing on from 2020 and 2021, 2022, so on, so forth, and onwards and upwards, as it is said, that I will have the uh, pleasure of then, as I will now, reading off of the amounts that have been donated in the executive producer and associate executive producer section. Thank you to those who have donated. There are those opportunities to donate also in the second half, uh, this mid-tro, the second donation segment, but... For now, this is the first part, and also on with the show with Brother Joe DeZerman as we talk about a lot of modern uh, issues facing magic and and consciousness and our unconsciousness work for you, because that's what we're going with this one. So, thank you, and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the Six of Swords. This is... A very special Six of Swords. This is the year anniversary. That being uh, 12 around plus one, the 13th step. This is, and as Ophiuchus is totally null and void and forever to not be mentioned. The 13th episode, which is to be mentioned, and anyone ever mentions Ophiuchus, you just pop this in there. There, that's a good spell. Good things happen. Guys, Joe DeZerman is also Brother Joe DeZerman to some. And to all, he is the bookmonger. You might even say he's a fellow St. Cyprian 
parishioner is kind of a strange word for it, but he and several other cool people and yourself included have a uh, affinity for St. Cyprian. So that's another thing Joe does. And you would never believe it, but the introduction's almost over because basically the, that's really left to say is Brother Joe is a chaos magician and he is a potion master and he is a hell of a fine dancer and don't you ever question that. So, Brother Joe, welcome to the show. Hello. That was quite the introduction. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's really good to have you back. Um, let's see. It's like you never left, actually. And now that's like, I genuinely mean that. It's something that's nice about the format that this is and why it's so ethereal. Like, it's named after a tarot card. It's like just melting into the Piscean. So, like, that's one thing that I really mean. It feels like what's nice about being able to have this conversation with you is that we have that like it's just like the audience can't see but it's just like there's a nice river that runs that joe and i both flow in is that a do you you know what i mean so welcome back to the show (laughs) thank you it's nice and wavy good to be back you know (laughs) man waves are cool actually um that was one of the things i'll just what comes to mind is um when you look at the digital uh on like a PlayStation 3, when you pull up the physical copy of Fear Inoculum, it says it's one hour and 19 minutes and 11 seconds, at least on mine, it does. And that shows 11911, right? So interesting, right? Uh, you can just do all sorts of things with that, but that's obviously an 1111 since the nine's like a zero. And I was getting to this because you mentioned waves. And there was something about how uh, Lustmord did an introduction and a descending. So an ascending and a descending introduction to on the physical copy, a song descending, which is interesting because the wave sounds, which are like synthetic waves. It's, you know, his contribution to the fear inoculum that tool put on there. The waves go until exactly one minute and 11 seconds on the middle track, right? One, two, three, four, one, two, three. So they go to a one minute and 11 and then at the very end of the track, at 13 minutes and 11, or in universal time, 13 being one. So you get 111 and 111 both times. So it ascends and descends with the waves mirroring the meta of the album being 1111 itself. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Isn't that a fucking crazy thing to think about and put into your album? I think everything they do is pretty crazy. Oh man, they're just they're 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 totally fucking boss. They're really um you know, they're artists. They're they're the people that we value because they actually put, you know, a salt's worth of dams into their work. Yeah. And I agree. Also the look at that masterful usage of uh you, you know How's a how? Let's right, let's just step into the left next room here. How's Jupiter and Capricorn uh, treating you so far? Oh, it's funny. Um, I don't normally. I have to say that this is probably the first event like this that I've actually noticed. Yeah, I got kind of like a coherent too. difference. Yeah, it's I mean, it's like real. Of course, I mean, of course, you're just like Mercury retrograde, whatever. 
that one's, I feel like you can blame anything on that. So uh, <laughs> obviously there's all those jokes. But anyway. Um, Longest Mercury sh- retrograde shadow ever. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I've been feeling myself like getting, like finding this, uh, uh, like finding an, an okay level with like my neuroses for wanting to be um, orderly. Uh, it's I, I've I've recently come to terms with the fact that like uh, due to anxiety and depression I don't I can't like uh, I couldn't contextualize like this desire I had for order mm-hmm. and I used to think that I was just like a whatever go with the flow kind of person and I'd say in the last couple months but especially lately it's been. I've been relieving or like, it's like my, like my natural neurotic state is being alleviated by actually kind of like leaning into the things that I thought that I didn't like, you know, it's, it's like, like leaning into your shadow self and finding out that it wasn't actually a shadow. Like the thing that was wrong was like, you were completely misguided. And by you, I mean myself. So yeah, it's been intense, I guess, <laughs> to put it uh, concisely. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing, since it's Saturn and not Mercury so much, because there is a difference between the trickster and the force of Saturn through Capricorn. and. At this time, I think a lot of people are being instantly because Saturn does that. Saturn, Saturn's going to just go. All right, it's Saturn time. It's 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 hammer time, but it's more like it's lethe or lathe or guillotine time. It is now. Jupiter's like yeah, and then like Sagittarius is totally want for that because it's also that mutable fire. So it's just like a big dance floor, and then. It steps outside of the frigid night air and hello Capricorn. You know, we even got the snow around here in Boston to prove it. It was just like whoop. everything feels heavier. You can feel the thickness. I appreciate it. Um, I have no qualms with that. In fact, I even think that there's a necessary lesson that is going to be needed for all the rest of the seasons. Of course, there always is, but this time Jupiter's making darn sure that it's going to be expanded. So even in the depths of hell, I found in myself an invincible summer. You know, this is where we learn what makes us tough. And this is okay. That's good. We kind of need that. If that's, if that's what's going on, then I feel good about it because this has been very invigorating for me. So cool, I guess. Well, it's going to have to happen at some times, and it's probably going to be different for everyone depending on your natal chart, we should point out. But uh, sorry, go on. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I was just, just commenting on how it I mean, it is so different, and it is so weird because everybody does experience things completely differently. You know, in certain like environments, some people thrive. You know, and in others, like if I'm given all the time in the world, I can't make anything happen. I think that's probably common, but uh, 
only when only if I'm like living pretty rigidly can I, am I able to accomplish things <laughs> anything really well, <laughs> not trying to be cryptic I just mean like in like even just making sure you take a shower that day like if I'm not scheduled I just well, that's a fifth house thing right that's your uh your house your daily activities or is that your sixth house excuse me got to think about that I think it's your um that that's <laughs> fifth house anyways it matters not at the time um i think it is sixth house now that i think about it um but whatever so the point yeah your daily habits sixth house right i'm sorry i can't i can't help you I'm not <laughs> no 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 i can't can, i'm already drawing up the necessary um spirit guide yes it is the sixth house all right anyways so yeah, um, that's the one you were talking about. But you have it in well is what my point was going to be. Now that we've gotten past that, which I will not edit out, I refuse. <laughs> Kitsunugi mofos. Wait, yes, go. So anyways, wow. A golden Japanese fox shattering to pieces that's put together by living particles of wine. It is speaking in the language of golden tongue. All right, so sweet. That fox rocks. Anyways, in the meanwhile... I was going to ask you, because you're a son of Saturn. You're a Capricorn rising, right? That's me. So this is actually a really good time for you. That think, See what I'm saying? This, mm-hmm. I mean, potentially, Jupiter's entering into your rising sign. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, for the little that I actually do understand it, uh, you know, I like the way that sounds. For some reason, I just, I, I never put the mental effort required into understanding astrology in. It's like, uh, it feels like trying to learn Russian or something like that. Like you really have to think about things. Well, language is like how it seems. Lang- it is a language and you're right to put it that way. It is like learning Russian and Russian Cyrillic and pictographic almost. And so it's kind of like not that far. Like uh, you could see this Herschel name, the H symbol for Uranus on um, Herschel's name. You could see that being quite like a Cyrillic letter in a way. So, I mean, yeah, I could see why that's tied. Like, you know, anyways, good metaphor. Um, and it is difficult until you start to jump in and realize you have to think about what it is you're doing and you can learn astrology really quickly and realize why JP Morgan said that astro- millionaires do not use astrology that billionaires do. And it's because it's actually a very fundamental basic part of being human, a human who has reasoning and can be orientated in the world around them and maybe even get the world to do some things back for them. You know, you continually create, go ahead. It's interesting that you say that because I've actually been seeing a around the Twitter sphere, um, people getting into uh, the financial aspect of astrology. Uh, there are two, there's two people I know for certain that I've been seeing. I don't know. I don't know. Is it, I, is, is it weird to name drop? It's people in public know. doing things that are fun. Go ahead. Um, if That's you true. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I know Aaron from Charm the Water is doing like a what's he called like black magic trading, which is interesting. He's just kind of doing it as like a sub podcast and uh, thing on his YouTube. And it, what is I don't want to miss uh, misquote the person, so I'm actually looking for it. It's a uh, 
Twitter personality. <laughs> Sorry for calling you that guy, dude. Uh, While you look for that, I've heard it said that being a Twitter famous is being like a rock star in Uganda or something like that. Being okay. famous on Twitter is like being a rock star in Uganda. It's like, well, it's at Twitter at Lip and Bone. He had said something about like starting up a, a little course using astrology for investment. And sure. I, I think that's, uh, it's just funny. It's a funny little coincidence. I was talking about that and then that's kind of going around right now. Yeah. And also the fact that like the wor- the money world is crazy <laughs> right now. Well, yeah. I mean, the, 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 it sounds like it could be fad or not, you know, it could also, be but Jupiter and Jupiter and, uh, expanding the Saturn, Capricorn. Right. And that's why I say fad. Cause like that, if it's specific to cap, right. Is it a thing or is it a trajectory of many things? It could begin here and keep going, but is it a, is it a fad? You know what I mean? You know, cause like I was just thinking if someone gets into that, I'll just put this one out there. Like there's gonna that's gonna draw attention, and there's right. a lot of people who aren't. So like I have a really open, very full day chart. The only thing that's in my chart that's under the horizon is basically a node and a moon, and the new, the moon's by like two degrees below. So like I'm very open with this. I mean, of course, we all have stuff we don't talk about. That's just how nature is. However, you know, I would say that for the most part, I'm very open with like in my interest and in trying to help other people be uh, successful because through understanding and practically applying it, and, you know, art, spirituality and healing is the name of the game on the show. Basically let's tur- let's, let's bring it back around because is this a financial podcast thing that's going to keep having an effect? Obviously it's a, interplay it's the art artist and art appreciator they're going to try to influence the markets they're going to try to you know just like everyone else but they're obviously using magic what about the people that have like thinking about chaos magic sometimes it's like more practical to be like the guy on the ground even if it's mundane af in the end like results be results right so like you know it's who you know so i'm just like posing these necessarily see this is necessary to understand the overall thrust and efficacy of it i'm glad it's coming up in conversation i'm glad that it's becoming more popular and i hope the success and best luck for anyone involved in anything i think it's super cool like period it's super fucking cool however i'm gonna capricorn this and just say (laughs) i'm gonna say where is the ultimate thrust of practicality work in this man you know what i mean who's in who's the jp morgan in the equation too yeah, I don't know. I uh, I'm I'm pretty happy anytime I see people using magic for practical things. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think addressing it this at the very least, I think it's an interesting experiment, especially with money. Yeah, for sure. If you're claiming that astrology works, and you're claiming that up or shut up, you right. can use it to make money, if you don't make money, you ain't doing astrology. <laughs> it's pretty much your equivalent. Right. I'm not trying to, I, yeah, I wasn't going to go to the place where astrology doesn't work, but I just mean like you're really putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And I, I find that interesting. I think that's Freighter, you admirable. Do. Well, it is. Um, and I like how you were holding up the green squishy, but whatever it was, the green cup there, that's a good color for money. But Freighter UD wrote that money magic book that's famous on the Llewellyn publishing. And, uh, 
he talks about equivocating Mercury no longer with the pentacle, but rather with the sword. Are you familiar? No. Thus in lies the rub of the uh, continuing, because like, I, I'm not even going to go into like how we have such an interesting thing with your rising being Saturn and um, my rising being uh, Jupiter, and we're concerned with Jupiter and Saturn's relationship at this current moment. And anyways, we can skip all past that. Freighter UD turns the elemental focus of money from the traditional pentacle, which we're all familiar with, especially through tarot cards like the Pamela Coleman Smith and such. And he does a switcheroo like pentacle, excuse me, like Mercury does with um, the different forces of nature going from Gemini's air to Virgo, right? Virgo is ruled by Mercury as well. So he does this interesting thing where he does, okay, what if we switch Mercury? Because Mercury can do that, and it's evidenced as in the Zodiac. What if Mercury is the ruler of money instead? And now we have also just fast forward that case in point, Bitcoin. So, I mean, what do you think about that kind of stuff? Not, not Bitcoin necessarily, but, you know, the idea of switching it to air and the ability to do that, you know. I think that's interesting. Um, I mean, it makes sense in in a way, especially considering it. I mean, it's just the like the imagery involved with like the slashing and cutting that a sword can do, and the way that I mean, I guess money has always been pretty brutal. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I find that to be like taking it from the earth and making it intellectual and thought and almost it kind of, it has correlations to removing a currency from the gold standard. Uh, Literally, you know, it's, you're moving it from one element to another. It doesn't exist in the physical form. It exists as an idea. Well, of course money and, Property are not the same thing, although they can overlap in uh, functionality terms, uh, but never really because it's the same thing. It's almost like the emperor has no clothes. It's saying, hey, actually, those coins, that gold you say has value, what's really valuable is your perception. And yes, I can measure it. And yes, you can argue that there's some kind of weird blood ounce to gold measurement because some people might do that, and that makes the game a little more interesting, but I don't. And I simply say that it's the perceived mental connection that makes the coin worth anything. And that's always been like what, you know, money, Pink Floyd, the monkey's background, money is the root of all evil. Now, at the same time, that's a mind fuck to get you to not value money the right way either. We're not saying disregard money. We're not saying this is bad or good. Simply appreciating this as an ethereal concept, which is precisely what swords be doing anyways. All I know is that we have to get as much gold as we can. So our reptilian overlords planets, uh, like ozone layer or gold layer isn't depleted. And we just really need to focus on that. You really fuck, you know, part of my language, I'll have to try to, I said, um, good. I almost, Yes, good. You really, but now, now they know, dude. Now they're gonna, you know, we're gonna get penalized for giving away the. Now you really just screwed it up. You're gonna be like, that's now the. <laughs> I 
gave away the true Masonic secret. <laughs> Not only that, but I'm an oath breaker. Terrestrials are coming to get you. <laughs> Everyone is. Oh, you got vault. Uh, um, I'll tell you what, though. Um, <laughs> now that the cat's out of the bag, I think I see a UFO in my backyard. I think it's coming to... <laughs> <Sorry>. <clears throat> It's what happens. You know, you start talking, UFO. It's pretty classic, actually. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that that one, I don't know if that works. Because I've talked about UFOs before. What? I've never seen one. What? No, we're, we're obviously on a UFO right now. It's like one of those meta I see things. the forest for the trees. I can't see a tree because I am on top of it. Speaking of UFOs, didn't expect uh, to say that, but that happened. I um, I just started watching Hellier season two. I see. Did you? Yeah, I think I'm like three or four. I think I fell asleep in the fourth episode, so ah. you know, probably should start that over. Tiredness does happen. Yeah, watching it in bed will do that too. Oh yeah, you get sleepy. Uh was it uh, was it good though? I like it so far. Oh. I think it's fun. Um, uh, just as a spoiler thing, I have not spoiler. seen it. So, been busy, but I intend. Yeah. It's it. I didn't really follow anything leading up to it or get into like any of the online. I didn't read anything about it, so I went into it pretty, pretty blindly, and I'm I'm happy with the direction they're going. So, or they went because it's already happened. Well, I think that, you know, they're definitely riding a good current. They have a good thing going and I'm sure it's going to keep going for a while. It's a uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's funny that no matter how far away from it you get, it still feels like a ghost hunter TV show. Mm, is that, and kinda, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it just, it just comes with the territory. You know? Well, that's what they started like, as, so it's not kind of like a surprise. How far can the apple, ghost apple, fall from the ghost tree, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, I don't know how else you would sell that, you know, like as a show. Like, if, if it's not, if you're not presenting it, I mean, I guess you could do it documented. I mean, I don't know. It's got, I think it's one of those things a lot of people say, you know, it's like, it's got that polish to it, and it, it feels a certain way. So you're like, ah, oh, well, I don't know. As a phenomenon, as like a cultural, as a piece of culture, I think it's really interesting and uh, fun. You know, and some will say that any of the things that you can actually put out there in the public domain will never actually be anything of the consequence that would be worthy of drawing to the masses' attention. Wow. Um, should I edit that out? No, I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I mean... I I almost see it as a sign that like you know forgive me for using this term but like a culture I feel like it's such like a loaded kind of like buzzword but um I think it's I, if it means that more people are interested in this sort of thing I think it's good you know oh you're it's no TTSA you know which is nice well, I'll, I'll bleep that one out. Now I have to put the explicit on the episode. You just did it. 
We were doing so I, well too. I forgot. I forgot you started getting your check from them. You're shilling for TTSA now. No, it's because Tom DeLong and I are in a band together. That you know, it's whatever, bro. Totally radical, tubular. Um, what's my age again? So, anyways, like, point is, is that um, <laughs> it's kind of like a now. Now I want to like a, a a surf green guitar. Um, yeah, man. No, he actually does have a cool guitar with a. Uh, anyways, doesn't doesn't matter. Um, he totally like almost got me distracted with that. Not gonna let it happen though. I'm gonna swig from this cold brew first to compose myself like a politician on stage taking a drink to calm down. You know, just let, just everyone sit down, squeeze it like Trump does though. Squeeze it, dude. This is a fucking glass pub. squeeze it real hard. I said the f word. <laughs> That's three for you, actually. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, you had two right in the very like the first eight words. Two of them are f bombs. <laughs> Oh, we tried. We try around here. All right, we're we're always gonna get better. But thirteen gets the nice check marks. It's it's nice. Got a tattoo. Tit say number thirteen. At least I can say that now. Cheers in a swig. Cheers in a swig. Cold brew, cold fifi, made by Chameleon. Which I I dig the name Chameleon. Just to like you know tangent here because they're like talking about being and they're they're obviously a brand competition. Like I mean brand consciousness they're a competitor to the actual traditional age-old medium of regular bean whatever hot coffee or even iced but cold brew being the new they're saying chameleon like they're kind of like filtering lenticularly into the culture and i, I love that concept yeah i think their coffee's pretty good too Sure. But um, just before you brought up the, uh, the thing about not getting checks from uh, the TTSA, which I definitely am not. <laughs> you. That just feels bad. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> I can't. You don't want that karma coming to you, buddy. Okay. As far as I know, you don't receive checks from TTSA. Oh, Joe. Brotherly love in Philadelphia tonight. All right. Anyways, listen, everybody. Well, now that the complete derailment has occurred, we can transmute this alchemically into the first of our traditional segments on this show. Six questions. Joe. Six questions. At least do me a favor. What? 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 I was yes. echoing you. No, no, no. But yes. Yes and such. Pick a number. If you have a dice around here, God can play it, but pick a number. You do you have a die? I do. Do it, do it. Brother Joe. Right, here we go. Now we're doing it. God's playing dice. Five. Five it is. When is the best... Whoa. What is the best tip for beginning masons or magicians? I'll start off with magicians because that's kind of the path my I started with. Uh, I think it, it, like the 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 cop out answer would be to just start doing magic uh, because you can get caught in those you know cotton books for years. 
and you just, you know, read and read and read because you're trying to figure out a cohesive system, you know, or you're trying to figure out like, like, what do you actually do as a solo practitioner with golden dawn ritual or like, and I like essentially there is, there really is no right answer to that. I think you just need to start practicing things and see what feels good. Um, because I, I think that's all we, that's all anyone does who does this stuff, you know, it's like, so I'm approaching 10 years of practice and I wouldn't say that I've gotten like, I don't even want to say I'm good at magic because you know, sometimes you are and sometimes you're not, but, uh, like I only have recently started to feel confident. And I think that, so, you know, so as advice is just like, try a bunch of stuff, but don't just collect books, you know, just like, you know, like when you read a book, like, uh, like, uh, Donald Craig's modern magic, do it. <laughs> like, like it's really easy to read all the way through. I've, I, I can honestly say that when I've been doing um, like working a book, rich, like a series of rituals from a book, like Modern Magic, for instance, I've never actually read all the way to the end of the book before I started doing it because I can't. I just get too excited, you know, and uh, I almost I don't want to say that's a good way to do it. You know, it probably would I probably would have better ritual earlier on had I finished and had like a like context for things. but. I, you know, that comes with practice. So just for anyone who hasn't practiced and wants to, you know, you just pick something and do it. And if it makes you feel weird and good, keep doing it. If you don't vibe with it, just, I don't know. I feel like you just do something. Like if you really like it, you'll just keep trying stuff. I think. You're saying like an unfolding, like a natural Wu Wei, a Zen almost Taoist yeah. approach. Yeah, I mean, it always like the reason why I am still doing magic now is because I can't avoid it. Ah, like I always, you know, it's like once you get that first hit, you're just like, that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I don't believe that a point. I can feel that way, or that that actually happened, or it's you know that that like novelty never wears off for me and i think that's why i keep coming back to it it's always a surprise I think that that's kind of like it's always a surprise when they actually show up yeah definitely um i almost feel like if you expected it to work like it's like that talking around things type of that thought you know i forget uh, like gordon white calls it something uh you know talking about like you can't directly talk about something because it affects it so you have to kind of like talk around it. And I kind of feel like that's like, you have to have a similar approach to magic, um, which I'm sure I've taken from somewhere else. I'm not claiming that to be an original thought, but you know, it's like you do it, but if you got cocky and you were like, yeah, of course it's going to work all the time. I feel like that almost jinxes it too. So I don't know. It's like, I don't, I feel confident talking to the gods, but I don't trust their word. You know, I don't trust that they'll do what they say they're going to do apply that to any spirit entity demon whatever healthy distrust sounds like a song almost i'll tell you what that's a good answer i'm like 
I'm liking the chaos magician approach, and I'm glad that Gordon White is mentioned. He is a very useful opener of doors for so many people. He's a psychopomp for so many people in our society today that are of our ilk. I agree. Without calling him a leader, it's heinous. He really has helped so many I'm swearing, but I'm not people. And yeah, I, for what sorry. it's no, for what it's worth, you know, I'm not going to say more than just. <sighs> oh, that's it. <laughs> you go. <laughs> he's he's very good at making things accessible. You know what? I mean, we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. But like one of his strengths for sure is making other people who are not necessarily ready to like get hit by like the shit storm that you talked about. Like he's like here chill the fuck out sit down here's some ideas okay now he can get hit now he very cordially and easily and at your own merit welcomes you into the ability to look at magic from at least this perspective he opens the door to the garden and bath it's up to you to make the telescope and look through it yeah i i agree for sure All right. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I want you to remember that this is the second segment. This is the midtro as you are, as you are, come as you will. <laughs> and this is where we read the uh, donations that are below 200 and above 50. Those who um, donate that most of you hear about are those who value their anonymity, and I keep that very sacred. So all of your information and safe, if you're donating under the 50 amount, no one is known. <laughs> we have quite a few of those. That's These segments in the middle, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the middle are for those who have donated. But the showly amounts, there are those who do sustain the show, and I appreciate that. And I want to encourage those of you listening, you can feel free to kick in whatever you want per episode if you like to do something like six dollars per episode that's six and six and six and six if you like to keep it at six 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 a month you can do that too or you could do it at six 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 so or you could do any amount that you like um numbers synchronistic you can do an amount that is based off of a multiple of the show so if it's episode two of season or that is to say of season two episode 13 right well, episode 12, you could do 2 times 12 and donate 24 for the episode. Lock in some good math magics with that. You can also remember that you can use this show for your magic. If you donate to an episode that is something of a cups or a water-based, you can use that to augment your ritual that week that you donate. So there's lots of stuff that you can do with that for those who are magically operant. Otherwise, there is also the value-for-value role-playing game as I pay homage to the value-for-value system that I took the backbone from and always love that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak are some of the greatest artists on the air of our time. Fact. That's true. And you also have that when you donate and you start at a 50 level, We've got people who are close. We have people who are very close already. Once you have a uh, $50 level, you begin to have you have the ability to begin to create a character in the value for value role playing game. For those who are participating, you'll be able to have your character interact in a Dungeons and Dragons slash Final Fantasy slash Zelda esque RPG environment. 
and you will be able to buy items with the money that you have donated in the game as well as you'll be able to play your character and level them up and interact and down the line there are certain surprises let's put it that way that will come from playing this game that are I, I try to I try to remember always that somewhere along the line I came here to just give my all to this world and bring communication to it in a way that is noble and adult and relaxed <laughs> like Ron if you do it that way cool love me always some fine Japanese cinema um, something you might want to know about me anywho um, yes, thank you for uh, all of your understanding on all of what I just said so I don't have to repeat myself so we can get back to the show. So, you know, for people who who might want... I, I feel like it's, it's tricky because you have to... I feel like you should shop around. If you're fortunate enough to live in an area with multiple... Uh, uh, lodges I think if you have you know you really have to go out of your way I think to you know a to meet a mason to ask them and then I, I just think that you should never you should never feel pressured to join a particular lodge and I say that because every time I've met someone from another lodge or another organization, immediately they would hand me a card to try to get me to join their lodge. And that's, I, I think that that can be overwhelming, especially for someone who's new. And I think that that's a sign of, um, you know, like uh, tapering off memberships. They want, I mean, I think Masonry has tapering off membership. I, I don't think that is controversial, but uh, it's just not saying that they should be super selective as an organization, but if you don't really have to try to join something, it makes it feel less special and getting propositioned by everybody all the time. I don't know. It, it, I find That's that to be a turn off. Once you're in the actual fraternity itself, you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that happens. Yeah, that happened after. Okay, so this is a but, good answer. It's a, in so far. I just wanted to make sure because I like what you've done so far, and I got to say, just to interject that, uh, or rather to add, I don't know, interject, interjad. Yeah. Um, that yeah, it's definitely. I wanted to make sure that it was for the for the new brother. And I think you're raising an ex excellent point that's also applicable to people who might be interested in joining. So you've covered both by saying that don't be pressured. And definitely, um, there's personalities in every single sector of the world, right? So find something that you're comfortable with if you want to. It should never, ever be something that is not going to make you feel what you need to get out of it is going to happen. That was a That was a good enough sentence you understood my point uh, grammatically that was atrocious but it was true in my intent so i agree with you in that as well just to, to answer both sides of that um yeah would you like to add something um i, I don't 
I also think that, you know, before you go through any form of initiation, you also have to realize that, or you should try to keep in mind, how do I want to say this? Uh, try not to bring any baggage in terms of like what you, try not to bring any expectations as someone's going through the initiations because, you know, it's, it's not going to be like anything you've experienced before. And even if you think you have an idea, like you've gone online and looked up what the internet says an initiation is like, it's, it's a world of difference because it's, it's like reading about what it's like to ride a bike or watching someone, not even watch someone. It's like reading about someone riding a bike and then actually riding a bike, yep. you know, like you can't actually explain sensation. But still, you know, like that said, it's an apt metaphor. It's better to go in kind of just without expecting it to be a certain way. I think that's a, uh, that's a splendid answer. Um, it also lets us move on to a second question if you would like to. You want to you wanna roll that D? You want to como se dice? Shaka, shaka, shaka. Number one. Uno, what's one. what's the weirdest archetype? The weirdest archetype? Is that the last? That's the only question. That's pretty vague. Um, hmm. really it's a hard question I'm, I'm i'm running through all of the different types of what i can you know like what i think an archetype is in my head right now oh, share um, with us yeah no, you know that i don't edit out these spaces i let the conversation breathe so yeah um what do you think i mean like just share with us your process and go from there the first thing that comes to mind is the idea of the hero just because it's like the idea of like a champion like you're always fighting something and when i say weird i don't necessarily mean that i don't believe that it's true or that i have an issue with it i, I just It leaves, in my mind, it just kind of leads to almost uh, like Don Quixote. Like you're all, it, 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 I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just a, a, a very apt description of the human condition. Um, you know, it's like always longing for conquest of some sort. And it's always kind of melancholic, you know, once you, you know, like once you defeat something, you realize that there's another monster to slay, you know, like the princess is in another castle. Um, I guess that that's, but then also that it, it makes me think that, you know, there's, you're never one archetype, you know, it's like you're constantly sliding through archetypes and 
right. archetypes in, inside of archetypes. Like, you know, it's like you can be the hero, but you could also be the witch, you know, or you can be, you know, anything. You can be a queen or a princess or the monster itself. Or a king. And all of those things. What was that? Or a king mob. Or a king mob. Um, or queen mob. Yeah, queen mab. Mab. I, I, I don't know. It's Archetypes are funny, you know, because I, I, growing up, everything I learned about archetypes, I'd learned from Joseph Campbell's, like here with Thousand Faces, so on and so forth. And then as I got older, I started to get more into Carl Jung's work. And I think that, that kind of like takes anything you thought you knew and mixes it up. You know, it's it's like the the taking the myth from beyond and the unreal, or just being like essentially a loop that plays through our our minds with Campbell's work, and then with Jung, you realize that it's all part. They're all part of you. And they're kind of like what make you you and you shift through them and as like you adventure through the archetypes they adventure through you so it's like they're all weird i guess because we're weird <laughs> i think that's the best answer i've actually literally ever heard i mean i could end this podcast right now actually just kind of blank out the reality but no that that's that sounds more dire than i mean it of course but good job on solving everything Quite, quite. Thank you. That was good. Everyone can um, party now. It's the end of time. Party like it's, well, anyways. So, um, actually, now that we say it like that, people say that 2020 is some stuff. Is this just another 2012 kind of like numerological mind F? Or is there something actually car- you know, current-wise going on? Is there a ley line alignment? Is there a solar flare? Is there a meteor? Uh, is, you know, do some say the end is near? Are we going to see Armageddon soon? What's is is the te- is this the calm before the tempest comes? What's going on, Brother Joe? Hit us with the I, I don't, I don't like to think that it is. Um, I do think it's in the zeitgeist right now. I've been recently seeing that. Uh, I think it was Forbes. They're talking about uh, another great recession hitting at some point in the next like 10 years. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, it kind of lines up with some of the more dire predictions that, uh, Mr. Mr. Gordon White has talked about that puts us at like 2029, not quite 2032, but like, um, that's not to say that I buy it completely. Cause you know, they've talked about the great crash forever because it sells books. Yeah. Well, credit where credit's due. I believe that a lot of that work comes from the Solari report with Catherine Austin Fitz and the same for Martin Armstrong and Nassim Taleb as well. So um, all of those uh, sources are very valid Um, before we uh, dilute the good Mr. White too much. (laughs) He is very useful for a lot just to give credit where credit is due also yeah exactly yes thank you to tennessee you know tennessee needs some love and Catherine austin fitz brings it jesus man that woman is just a quick moment about her like she had she has had some interesting 
spiritual struggles. And I think that's one of my biggest draws to her besides, okay, there's a few things. I like that she's a strong person. I like that she has business acumen. That is always something I appreciate. The fact that she was able to survive amongst that level of society capacity that she did without losing herself and then in the end becoming someone who survived using positive spirits and continues to i applaud and i'm just ask god to make it so that she thrives and i think that's why i wanted to go down that uh, another discursion and now back into the next room so weirdest archetype is maybe the hero and i find that interesting because we have so many people Oh man, how much time do we have to even condense these thoughts that we try to get across so that people can live these useful lives? You know, people have good intentions, but they're like, oh, you know, you get a cons- you get someone who might be a little over conspiratorial or maybe just take something from like a, a weird moralistic stance when it doesn't necessarily need to. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Now, could you clarify a little bit? I'm sorry. Okay, well, sure. So, I mean, like, if you start to talk about, like, say, Batman and the Joker, those two words I have just brought, like, and there is worth, you know, we're trying to talk around things, and that's, the term isn't circumnabulation, of course, but circulocution or circulinguistic or something, circulinguist, yeah, whatever, linguiquin, there you go. Okay. Uh, The point is, is that um, you're talking about like the hero archetype being possibly one of the weirdest ones. And I think in this time and age, like whatever, in all, in any given human moment, like in the morph, in the morphogenetic field of dreams, you know, um, whoa, that was cool. Um, Meta moment. Back to earth. Here I am. So anyways, um, yeah, whenever you look at like someone who questions the idea of the hero and you see it, how it's like so often being slaughtered and made into the anti-hero and how powerful the, I'm not saying, see, this is what I'm saying. You can't look at it like it's a conspiracy that people are trying to make people anti-heroes or make them heroes. Lauren Coleman does a great job, like cataloging the strange, like echoings of the green language that manifest in Malkuth, so to say. Um, so to speak, sort of, uh, sort of verb, but um, I would say that it's important to realize that it's not necessarily so much a conspiracy of silence of humans as it is a conspiracy of the silence of the ability to speak of it, just so that we're talking about not being able to talk about certain things, or also not just to give them any power. Of course, that's a different slight shade of that, but at the same time, it's also that certain things just can't be talked about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certain things can't really actually be put into words. Germans tried like what you're talking about. Beautiful, a beautiful language. I wonder how many languages there are out there that I just don't know of all the different ways of explaining things. And like, maybe they have like a cough sound that actually means I love you. But like, I guess anything that would be like that grating wouldn't be associated with the emotion of love. But, you know, linguistic, you know, kind of like i don't know maybe russian and arabic are pretty crazy languages and they sound pretty gruff german german russian arabic yeah it's true fairly abrasive i'm part german so i appreciate that 
the yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, you got any German in you? Uh, yeah, my my maternal grandfather was German, uh, and my maternal grandmother was Pennsylvania Dutch. So that's like weird English German. Sorry for anyone who actually knows what that means. Yeah, that's like yeah. Uh, not not familiar. Just kind of like I'm learning about some stuff here. It's like Tony. Hey, they were like they were like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's that? Nothing. No. What is it? They're kind of like uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch. Are you saying you aren't familiar? Teach us about this. Teach us, teacher. To the best of my ability, I will try. Always. It's, um, they kind of had the origin of, uh, they're kind of the origin of like those hex signs, like the, uh, the hearts or the pineapples or like the two birds kissing. They're like yeah, circular signs. You'd see them on barns. Um, they're also associated with like uh, powwow, like that weird kind of like turn of the century, like, mysticism kind of they're kind of, they're like they're like amish mystics kind of which is really bad and i'm sorry for anyone who's better versed in this than i am for hearing me say that oh, but uh very cool. it's they're yeah they've, they've got some they got like some cunning person uh aspects to them and they're i wonder how really fun. i wonder how their nlp is different from our nlp they were way more christian than we are I, I just guess it includes a lot more of like ye fair child, ye gentleman. <laughs> that's uh it's probably about as racist against the the, the them as I want to get. <laughs> Is that even racist? That's like the same way of saying that's actually an excellent example of something. It's that's not racist, right? Because it's not a race. It's a sect of belief. So this brings us to like what for some might be dangerous murky waters but for me as a humble chaos magician these are just the and also quarter jewish <laughs> these are fun waters to play in but it's just like you can't be anti-semite first of all blah 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 what semite really is yada yada that whole thing yada yada but i mean like it's not racist if it's like a religion now if you're talking about a group of people with skin colors that's racist right i'm just trying to make this clear I'm just religious just versus racist like railroad those people are railroading the argument by being ridiculously you know uh, redacting of truth what do you say I mean I think it's a lot of it's a trap language traps I mean it's like you know that everyone I feel like everyone knows that when someone says like, like you can't be racist against Muslims. Like, yeah, that's true. You can't because Muslims are from all over the world. Right, right. You can be Chinese Muslim. You could be, you know, Iceland Muslim. Yeah, but but th- but then also it also plays into that thing that you know, you know what they mean. What the person should say is that they're discriminating against someone because of. They're, it's it's just wrong in any case, but it's also the language issue, right? But it also doesn't mean that their critique of the person who is being discriminative is wrong. It's just it's it's like it's like a useful idiot 
uh, scenario. Like you can say, like if if someone on the left is calling out someone on the right for being racist because they're discriminating against Muslims. Well, I was it's like the whole the whole way it's framed yeah. is wrong. Uh, but that doesn't mean the wrong. sentiment. I'm saying it's wrong to be racist. But like, yeah, man, that's obviously like you're not trying to get at the truth if you're getting at um, what do you call it? Like, you're, if you're at the name calling level of things, basically. Right. Yeah, that's like few too many levels removed from like communion for truth. Yes. That gets into rhetoric and logic and grammar. Right. But I mean, people don't understand that. And it's like, I'm not to claim that I'm great at it because I know that I'm guilty of. Nor I. All of breaking all of those rules all the time. <laughs> me, um, me fail English? That's impossible. Like, un, see, I, I unpossible. Un, <laughs> how, meta, how weird is that? It's I, I did it wrong, but I did it right. What is that? What? I think we just had a co-on co-in there. Anyways, um, yes. If a uh, if a blood simple is watched by no one, was it a film? Should watch blood simple after this. Actually, I haven't seen that yet. I think that was a truth wants out. I need to uh, watch that. Then we need to go on a Coen Brothers kick recently anyways. That's a good discussion. You want to roll a dice or do you want me to decide a question? Very accommodating here. That was already five. Okay, number three. Let's go halfway. I thought it would be a three. I should have said it out loud. What is your favorite zodiac sign? Slash deckhand if desired. Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty partial to my zodiac, my sun sign, uh, Scorpio. I've yes. I've always enjoyed the mystique mm-hmm. surrounded it. Yes, I think it's it's fun to have like the crazy goth like sex icon. Um, oh, yeah, I like that. That's obviously a cool thing to be uh, you know associated with. Especially as a an out of the closet deviant, I think that that's a <laughs> heretic at large. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I don't know. I've always I've always enjoyed that and uh, tried to identify with it. And that was before I even knew anything about like you know like rising signs and even moon signs. Sure. But well, that's saying something. You had an intuition for it, which is natural for a Scorpio. Yeah, I'm like a water, water, earth. Right. What's Capricorn? I'm horrible at this. You're trying to say that you're an earth and then you're a water because Capricorn is rising. Earth is Capricorn. uh, Cardinal? Yes, it's a strong beginning earth energy. I consider it like a... um, an avalanche or a moving mountain or just a mountain itself. And then you got fixed earth, which is... uh, Taurus, it's kind of like a nice um, cement or some low lying like desert flat hard lands and or you know a nice pastoral because of the ox and the fixed but then the um, muddiness or the uh, the Virgo is just nice wet thick lush fertile earth you know I don't know it's just off the bat uh, you know but that's the that's the different types of earth in a in a nuts uh, yeah yeah so I'm I'm 
Sun, Scorpio, Moon, and Pisces. Now, you're Scorpio. Uh, you're uh, late October, correct? Yeah. And that yeah, makes you uh, um, first deckhand sun. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I have a favorite deckhand because I am not at that point of uh, grokking all of that. I, I've still never actually finished uh, the Rune Soup deckhand walk. I think I've gotten like three quarters of the way through and then fell off. You know how that goes. Yeah, no, I um, got to thank uh, DB for really priming me on that. He really made the difference and made it available to me. And uh, just for people who are RSPM, they'll know who that is. Not not necessarily for like 88% of this audience or something. I don't know. We got uh, the nexus here because a lot of people come from different interests. We got business people even. We got people who are artists naturally. We got people who are um, just like regular electricians and just chill people. So whatever. Um, it's like made for um, art, spirituality, and healing. And if that's applicable to a human that is you, then you're a human that is listening to this because you like it. And uh, oh, man. Um, like we also don't use ads here. But like I was like, that would have been a perfect place. Like here's the advertisement. But instead, we're going to ask another question. And this time I'm rolling the dice. And that means Roll the dice. I'm just gonna stare at the one that I'm looking at right here. And that is who is the best occult actress? Oh. I'm gonna have to go with my girl Audrey Horn. Hmm. But I'm losing my uh Laura Flynn Boyle. Yes, Laura Flynn Boyle. Thank you. I could not get Laura Dern out of my head. I was like, I know that's not correct, but still she, relevant. Laura Dern being yeah. obviously a Lynch favorite, and in Jurassic Park is Ellie Sattler. So, yeah, right on, dude. Right yeah, on. uh, she's yeah, she's like the. She's like a like a temptress to bring you into the underworld. Ooh. But I don't, you know, but she walks that fine line of like, does she know what she's doing or is she just like playing out like her, her character? You know, I, she, I always thought she was really fun. Something uh, you must have seen the, uh, the film version, Fire Walk With Me from 92. Mm-hmm. That was actually interestingly synchronized with the whole Disney Lion King thing. Laura Flynn Boyle refused to replay Audrey for Fire Walk With Me. Therefore, they had to find a new actress, and they found actress Moira Kelly. Moira Kelly would then go on to voice Nala in The Lion King. Disney's Lion King by, uh, with Moira, Moira Kelly there. Um, I believe she was the uh, adult version of uh, Nala, or whatever, grown-up version. Fun fact. I thought that was cool. Fun that you, fact. Well, it's, it's more than that, obviously. It's like a huge sink storm when you enter into it that way. Um, it would feel incomplete. Whenever, whenever um, Gordon is mentioned, I feel like Christopher Loring Knowles deserves a shout-out because in our neck of the woods, the two both provide invaluable work. Chris's work on The Secret Sun, just like Lauren Coleman on the co- um, copycat effect blog, 
would be some of the more important, especially if you're just getting into this, especially if you're kind of like checking out Six of Swords and going, what's this about? These are people that are worth checking out. Um, Chaos Protocols, of course, gets a mention. Also, you will want to get in, uh, what is it? He Will Live Up in the Sky. That's Chris's, uh, Chris's new book, but you uh, can also start for uh, checking him out on the Secret Sun blog. Anyways, uh, enough of that for now, but that is necessary at times just to get people caught up. And of course, I would be bereft again if I did not mention. Who, who am I going to say? Come on. We go, Connor. Yeah. Well, a little close to the mic there, buddy. Hot mic. Hot mic. They caught what I said behind the scenes. They heard me cheering for Miguel. Yes. Whoa. That's my Leo Moon, bro. Dude, the Tool concert that I saw in New York, bro, 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 um, that began at my Leo moon at 28 degrees. The moon was at 28 degrees. Yeah, I see that, right? How You know what I mean? <laughs> Still no. Huh? I, I mean, kind of. I, I, I kind of see the, uh, I'm not doubting it. It's just my, my prowess with astrology. The 28th is that you don't know what it no, no, I know you're not doubting it. I know you understand that I'm saying that the moon was the same degree as the 21st of August in 2017, which was the great American eclipse. The Barclays show began at the same time with Killing Joke opening at 7 p.m. with the same moon degree on the astrological wheel zodiac as when the 20. 17 great american eclipse happened at the peak of when it happened was at the 28 degree moon of leo just throwing that one out there so connecting the two barclays center show began the same moon time that night it's fine yeah i don't know something there i noticed i mean tool went on at like nine or something but like because they were they had to be done by 11 or something uh, anyways, so let's carry on because we're going to wind up soon. But yes, Miguel was the answer. And I feel like that's a good time to ask the other question. Actually, I was probably going to ask this one first, but maybe I was going to ask it now. How is the best way to prepare potatoes? The best way to prepare potatoes? That's a funny yeah. finisher. Um, Bro- Brother Joe's a chef, for those who don't know. He is maybe the boss chef of the world. Not to put any pressure on him or you to try his food, pay him richly, give him money, try his food, give him money, try his food. He is an excellent chef. Joe, best way. My favorite way or the best way to make potatoes. Okay. Um, I would say in my opinion that you get fingerling potatoes. So the little small ones, uh, preferably you can gold, but I'm not going to be picky. Um, And then I would probably parboil them. So they're, you know, like a little, like right around like about al dente. So it's like, it's got a little bit of, they're not soft to mash, but they're not quite done yet. Would Pull them out of the water. Would you the texture, like, like squeezing, like for a good ripe vegetable, kind of like a soft. I would say vegetable. if the, it would be the right texture for a chunk of potato and potato salad. Okay, good one. You know, yeah. um, but these aren't cut up; these are whole. Yep, yep. And then after you take them out of the, after you parboil them, you can gold. You saute them in a frying pan or a cast iron skillet with some butter, 
and you're trying to brown them and then you basically crush them. So they're smashed, but they're still in their skins and whole. And you want to get a good brown crisp kind of like on both sides of it. And uh, I think that's the best way to prepare potatoes because it's, they're kind of like hash browns. They're kind of like mashed potatoes. They're kind of like a baked potato or a potato jacket for those of you across the, the ocean. Um, but they're perfect. It's just like a, it's like a fancy pub style, you know, and they're almost kind of like French fries too. So it's like, it really hits all of the, all of the best potato, all the best potatoiness is in that dish. And I don't, I, or potato, you know, smashed fingerlings, you know, sure. Call them that. All want to get crazy. It's a great name for them. Smash fingerlings. Um, yeah. You have no idea the, the, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, all four potato food groups and one potato food. Yeah. It's like, um, makes me think of latkes. Yeah. Oh, similar, but not shredded, but yeah. Right. Well, you can get some latkes that are more like, you know, true lockety based. Yeah. But good, good. Um, oh, that sounds so excellent though. It makes me want latkes, <laughs> but it also makes me want those smashed fingerlings. We'll take smash yeah. fingers, not smash fingers. How's that? You should probably always try to not smash your fingers. Yeah, I mean, you know, if get you those with get those with a steak. Off, then I'm the man, and you're the man, and he's the man as well. So you can point that finger up. Your been listening to Tool today. Go out and get some uh, smashed fingerlings and a like a hanger steak, and call it a night. What are we drinking with this? You gotta, you cannot, you cannot leave the uh, meal empty here bereft again never hmm i don't know i'd probably go with like the easy answer would be like some type of bourbon neat i would probably go with like because i'm still cheap when it comes to liquor i'd probably go with like four roses or maybe like bullet not that that's cheap but um and also i I mean maybe around this time of year i'd probably get like a porter and then I would probably go to sleep. <laughs> By the fire. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was beautiful. Um, really can't argue with that. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm glad we're chewing through these questions because I like to get these kind of like through. I think I've done them now. Yeah, I think that was it. Uh, yeah, besides the uh, second one, which would be, what is one form of magic you would like to see more practiced? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, it kind of circles back to what I was saying earlier about practical magic mm-hmm. uh, and actually using it. Um, I, I'm going to go with a real like off the wall answer here and say that I would like to see people trying way more weird stuff. Um, I think we're kind of all at a point where we realize that there is something to this. And, you know, like there's a lot more to it than getting more money or having a better job or like, which obviously is easier to say if you have some money or if you have a job that you don't hate. But, uh, you know, if you go through all those old books, there's some crazy stuff in there. And I'm not going to recommend anyone takes poison because don't do that. But uh, there's all sorts of crazy stuff like being able to make yourself invisible. Like, does anyone actually try those rituals? I think that would be fun. You know, like, do that stuff. Like, I don't know, try to conjure monsters. Like, do, I don't know, just, like, look at the weird ones. 
you know, like go back through the grimoires, go back through like the, uh, like Agrippa's books, go in through the Picatrix and like pick out weird stuff. You know, let's, let's, I don't know, like there's so much more fun, crazy things, you know, like, uh, like those yogis who can fly you know like and by fly i mean levitate or whatever like there's so much weird like i know i'm gonna sound like a crackpot and that's okay (laughs) but um like like i know that the a that's not easy and b like you're probably already doubting whether or not magic actually works but uh you know it's like what would happen if you spent like three months working on like one of like i mean even i think regardi has in like his uh I think it's his, uh, this is Israel Regardi, uh, his middle pillar book. I think he talks about doing, uh, like, what was it? It's like something rose, like the Kabbalistic rose. It's not the Kabbalistic cross, but it's uh, one of his rituals in there. He talks about doing it, and it's essentially just basic like if you can do the middle pillar and you can do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram and possibly hexagram, if you're at that level of like golden dawnish magic or, you know, apply that to Thalema, if you're into Thalema, same thing. Um, he, he talks about how this one ritual, when he does it, it has allowed him to get out of like speeding and all like, like, and people like he claims that it basically made him invisible to things. And it's like that, he didn't write that that long ago. That's not like you're looking at like Agrippa's books. Like this is a guy who was writing this probably in like the seventies. So, you know, it's like, why not try that? You know, do some weird stuff, everybody. If you know, whoever hears this. Wow. That was, that was cherry, man. Um, let's carry forward. Cause I love that. I really feel good about that. Some, Spicy meat above. Um, you ever heard of the uh, public domain review? I have. It's pretty chill. Um, just leafing through the uh, most recent. Uh, they're doing their fundraiser right now, just for point of fact. Not to date this. <laughs> Speaking of dating, there's uh, death approaching Tristan Shandy. Alas, poor York. Oh, page 93. How about them apples? 93, brother. Yes, 93, 93. I mean, frater. Frater. Fratorial. You know what's funny? There's No, it's not funny. I don't want to bring that up. There's just, you know, it's funny to see people mix up. Like, if they if they call themselves freighter and they call someone that they're with Mater, I'm like, dude, that's uh, it's not the equivocal, bruh. It's like, you know, freighter and uh, soarer and uh, pater and mater. Or if you're going to say Potter and Modder and such and such and such and such. But yeah, you know what I mean? It works fraternally, but uh, romantically, not so much. Uh, Or it could. Well. (laughs) Depends on what you're saying. In the land of the blind. (laughs) Anyways. um, Why do I feel like um, the resurgence? Have you seen the new Watchmen yet? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm on like episode four. Weird. I got like a halfway. I got like seven minutes into the first one. Yeah, I, I think it gets better after the first episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but I've, I've kind of been alternating between his dark materials. Oh yeah. And uh, Watchmen. 
I got to tell you what. And yeah. Oh, you, go, you go. Sorry. No, you go. Oh, no. It's just sometimes I, I don't know. Sometimes I just take his dark materials over Watchmen because I've actually been listening to that. been listening to that on Audible lately. So it's kind of fun to watch along. I'm going to tell you what. I'm glad you mentioned that Philip Pullman stuff because I love that trilogy. That was such an important series of books to me, man. And I'm glad you are digging the audible and watching the show because that's got to be a new thing there. Listening and then watching the same fiction series, which is based off of a alternate magical reality. I like that. That's neat. You got to see where that takes you. And I think that now that you're saying that, and I'm just like, you know, throwing this out there so that artists can bring some great stuff into the world. You got to see a lot more mixed mediums like that. You know, the audio book that's intertwined. So like, you know, point of fact, Watchmen in a way is doing that by releasing these, um, got another vinyl album came with a bent corner, you know, just putting that out there. Does that count as legal proof? Should. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. The second of three, <laughs> I just want my, I just want a proper album. That's all. No bends. Um, uh, yeah, I got the second of three of the Watchmen vinyl albums that they're releasing with the series. One of the, yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Yeah, their uh, first one at least was, um, I'm not sure about the second one. I haven't opened them. Um, first one I think had His Name is Alive attached to it, which is just hmm. such a synchronicity. Um, for uh, people who want to listen to him, uh, definitely uh, Livonia is the starting point. I like, it's from Michigan. He's from Michigan, dude. Livonia is mm -hmm. the name of his album. You know him, right? Yeah, I also know Livonia. Right on. See, that's what I'm saying. This is the time to bring that up. There you go. Oh, yeah. It's all these things happening. Um, and I just, dude, it's just so exciting. If you know, my main thing is right now. I'll say for myself, <laughs> I want to, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll point, I'll, I'll pose this right back to you after I say this. The main thing I want to do right now is to take complete care of knowing myself inside and out and taking care of myself like in all the necessary ways so that I can as three times harder work than anyone who can get told what to do to not only do my podcast and keep my writing going but to get this entire musical career launched ahead of me now that's where I'm pointing my spectrum of energy and it's most important to take care of the health first so going to ask you this question what is your main goal going into this you know next phase of capricorn jupiter and you could phrase it that way because again we were talking about the, is this 2020 just another thing so however you want to you know weave all of that tapestry together for this stream thread conversation continue as such my brother i am i'd say going into going into a new decade, kind of. Um, I'm trying to get the reins back in my life, get control of the reins, I should say. I would say around 2014, 2013, I moved here to Maryland and my entire life was kind of in shambles and weird and I, a lot of it was starting over and I've been uh, pretty much struggling in all aspects of my life. Um, kind of like lost health, lost sleep, 
like didn't have any money, didn't know anyone um, besides my partner and her family. Um, it was a Saturn's return for you. I'll just, inter- I'll just add, but please continue. Yeah. And uh, now I'm like, my life is kind of feeling like it's, I'm finding the ability to like, uh, I don't know, put structure back into things. And that's something I really want to lean into. I want to become, you know, I, I need to build my willpower back up. I need to, I don't want to say I need to, um, it is my will to do these things. Uh, I've actually, I've kind of just like, instead of looking back at the former version of myself and wishing I was that way again, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I feel able to see where that person kind of like take the person that I used to be and project that into the future and work on that as opposed to feeling bad about myself for not being the way that I was previously. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, I guess, finding confidence and uh, empowerment through that, but kind of like seeing through things. And honestly, when things are like, I don't know, like when adversity is externalized in a way, as long as I have a plan, I feel good in those moments. It's it's when I'm without a plan or any semblance of structure, I feel like my life falls apart. So I think that's something that I'm trying to really uh, kind of like manifest going forward. Uh, I don't know if I touched on all of those points, but I would also like to inter- uh, continue on saying that things do feel like 2012 right now. I wanted to make a point of saying that. Like they don't feel like 2012, but like that weird manic, like uncertainty and just madness that was kind of everywhere around 2012 does feel like it's coming back, which is weird because it is what, eight years away. You know, it was only eight years ago, almost seven years ago. It's not even like we're getting a good round number. It's like we looped back in a sense. It's almost like it's it's instead of like us spiraling out, it's spiraling back in, like a daylight savings time or something like that, or the the length of days. Notice that it's the same exact presidential arc as it was in 2012. That being a second election with the president winning the office again, the incumbent uh, wins the election in 2020, just like the incumbent won the election in 2012. In my words, it's just a game. Don't, don't, don't question this. This isn't listener. This is not politics. I don't give a f- what you think. And if I'm wrong, God bless us all. But hey, wrestling. Okay, moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows what it is? I would say for all of my voting years, it's always been an incumbent victory. But here's the thing, too. It's not like money works in avalanches. Oh, wait. But here's the thing, too. Another thing that uh, is the key point, it's that strangeness that if it's another four years of the same, why is 2012 and 2020 such a... Go back to what you're saying. Yeah, what do you think? Well... I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what what the significance of it is. I don't think I'm at that point of piecing that together. I don't even really know if I've 
kind of correlated the two like timestamps with having any type of similarity until you know it, we started talking about it all i know is that it does feel it's got that just strange air of uncertainty around everything but now it's even more it's like going into 2012 a significant portion of the world or i should say the western world at least at the very least thought something weird might happen um but no i mean it's just, i don't know because like the year 2000 was similar too you know everybody thought the world was going to end then everybody thought the world was going to end in 2012 and now we're just getting to a 2020 which i guess none of us have ever lived through one of those before no one alive because what would the other 1919 what year is <laughs> would be? it really? You know what I mean? Is well, yeah, 20, I mean, that doesn't even... 60, is it 20, is it 48, is it... Yeah, yeah. yeah. none of that even really matters. Maybe it just means that time has gotten faster and we've gone through, we've we've looped back around faster than we thought. Maybe no Maybe... is having babies at CERN. Yeah, uh, maybe we're just approaching the singularity even more than we thought. You know, it's actually Elon Musk when you peel off the Mandela mask, right? I didn't know that. Oh, uh, it's a secret they tell you at the uh, the blurp, 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 blurp level. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. You're allowed to. Uh, that's you're allowed to talk about that one detail. In fact, that's how they um they start the uh the that's how that's that's the key, and right there it happened. Anyways, yeah, dude. I don't know about uh, Elon Musk though. He seems like he's pretty kind of like blessed. I like some good fates and such to have such amounts of currency and like coolness and prestige and glamour and rock star girlfriends and such. Or yeah, is it I mean, something else. Is yeah, it, I mean, he he also is in court right now for his whole like pedo guy comments he made about that like South American diver saving those kids. He's in court about that still. Yeah, I think it just started. Like the actual court proceedings uh, just happened recently. Uh, that seems strange. It seems almost symbolic, but I'm sure it doesn't feel that way to Elon. Yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't say just crazy stuff to people for no reason, unless oh, he had some reason. Yeah, I got nothing to say. I mean, I don't know. Freedom of speech. I got no. I don't. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> not my, not my, not my business really. Um, yeah. Tell you what, though. Um, like the uh, fear inoculum CD, the the concept really seems to be like zeitgeisty right now. Uh, I really feel like that's a um a huge thing. I mean, uh, the idea of the great turn that Alex Gray is talking about, and I, I liked how Miguel brought up Jason, uh, brother Jason Louv, talking about uh, how it's a choice between being entertained and uh, being ecstatic. And I was like, well, quite good, quite good, good show, well met. So that's true. It's a choice between being separated and stagnant and in chaos of a negative kind of discreation and a choice between being connected to the whole and being creative and being your own source ultimately of what you like to uh, experience in the world. Uh, you are responsible and uh, not reactive. Boop, boop. 
<laughs> or if, I suppose you would say bing. It's another good one. Um, not uh, not like the uh, not like the uh, the the guy in Groundhog Day does it all wrong. I, I gotta say, which guy? So there's a guy who says bing in um, not like bing it, which is a totally different thing. Um, there's a guy in Groundhog Day, Nettie Ned Ryerson, who used to know Bill Murray's character back in high school. He said. And he keeps telling him to watch out for the step off the things. He's like, the first one's a doozy. Yeah. And so that's the guy who goes, Bing. But like, you know, that Bing thing is a whole other thing on the internet besides his way of doing it. But I'm glad that it made me think of Groundhog Day because I'll tell you, I'm going to watch it again. I watch it every year. Yeah, I should have watched that. It feels like a Thanksgiving movie. Even though yeah, it's not. it does. It's weird, isn't it? It's the other side of Thanksgiving. It's like the swinging of the pendulum. Yeah. Any excuse to watch Bill Murray is fine with me, though. He's my spirit animal. Everyone knows yeah. this. Um, I want to tell you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying he's good. That's all. That's all oh. I had. Have you seen Lost in Translation? Scarlett Johansson? Yes. Johan? Not in a long time, though. Scarlett, am I getting that right? Is that Scarlett Johansson? Am I getting that right? It is. Okay, um, that's 2004 in my... <laughs> now, let me see if I... <laughs> am I getting there? Yeah, um, I have that on my iPod. For some reason, I got that like free on iTunes one day, or maybe I, it's the only thing I bought, maybe. I have it on my iPod. It's randomly on there. I told you, Bill Murray is my spirit animal. He follows me around in a loving kind of way, not like a creepy Uncle Joe kind of Sleepy Joe, he's a sleepy kind of guy way. Yeah, Bond that's leggings. good. What the fuck? Seriously. What the fuck? Do you yeah, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? The uh recent thing that Joe Biden was saying about blonde leg hairs in a pool, swimming pool with kids and roses. Yeah. His lab. I watched a I watched an animated version of that. Like someone made a little cartoon for it. And it uh, that sounds like it sounds like his handlers were out like out to lunch. Cause like what, like not like, I would have to hear the whole thing to see if that had any context. But like, just hearing the clip, you're like, what is this even? Like, why would you say that? That sounds like he like. That sounds like he was telling a story and the weed hit. <laughs> not, I don't even want to say weed. That sounds like that's like the kind of stuff you would say when like you're like when you're Vicodin, like. Like you're you're on Vicodin or and Valium or like you're on a like you took a God like Ambien and didn't go to sleep like that's like crazy. That's no offense to anyone suffering from mental illness. That is just that man is running for the presidency. Like that is up there with like that's that's crazier than stuff that Trump says. Like when you actually read Trump transcripts, you're like, oh, what was he even saying? Like. There's no periods in that. Um, Just to refresh and reset for a second, we this is a podcast about art, spirituality, and healing, and politics is not exactly our bag. But in that vein, we can totally make fun of the fuck out of it. So continue on with Trump. I mean, the fact his hair is hilarious. God bless him. But you know, sometimes they're all hilarious. Yeah, they're all hilarious, crazy, yeah. like you know, we're all hilarious in, in some ways. Just. Not all of us are in charge of, well, is he really? 
that's another whole question. Yeah, they're no, all they're I mean, all reptile slaves. Oh, is that what happened? I, uh, well, dude, I know the memo comes on Tuesday. I'm just like totally just yeah. I got to catch up on the last one. That's okay. I've seen those. I've seen the videos of their other uh, weird eyelids blinking the other way. So I'm, you know, that's all the proof I need. Those aren't vigils. Those are those are straight to brain holograms. Those are <laughs> those aren't those aren't on a screen. They're just making you think that it's a projection. Mm-hmm. I just figured they're all reptiles. It's not really a figuring. I mean, it's all true, David. You know what though? What? Just to say, just to shift. Like, I'd say that David Ike is someone who should not be dismissed. Um, carte blanche. Nor should like Donald Trump either. I'm sure there's a good thing he's done along the way for humanity somewhere. You got it. Come on. You know, law of, law of physics stuff. Not really. I mean, like, uh, anyways, the point is, is that ultimately we're going to circle back around to talking about things that actually do matter, <laughs> which is using your choices for creation and not destruction. And that means like overall, no matter what your station in life is, there is a truth that there are always two roads that you can go down and there's always time to change the road that you're on. And just because, you know, you have a particular level of training in this, that, or a belief in this, that, or the other thing, it doesn't mean that you can't discover that there's a greater truth that serves us all better and that the reason will show us is going to be more likely that we're going to succeed if we do. It's not idealistic. Fuck utopia. I'm just not going to, I'm going to click the eggs. Honestly, though, I have to say, fuck utopia. Like, I'm just saying, like, we have to have adults in the world. And if we can have better conversations, we're just going to have better behaviors. I want to keep it really praxis-based and simple in the language. And again, we are trying to stop swearing, and that's part of it. And I think it's good that we're putting that out there, you know, baby steps, honestly, like wading into the becoming it. It's adulting, but like even the term adulting brings us back to the problem of language because that's a ridiculous concept. Ultimately, I think it's infantilizing. Ultimately, I think it's a destructing force to look at it from that point of view. Do you, do you see why I might say that? About language? About adulting as a uh, linguistic oh. device. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, like what I was trying to throw in there, and it's kind of, it's tangential, but relevant. Sorry, no, I totally that, just brought that around. I'm Please bring it back, if, please. Go ahead. No, it's, it's just that uh, the way that I express those ideas in my life is, um, more recently, I should say, is that uh, before I send a tweet, I try to ask myself, would I like the person who sends this tweet? And uh, that's kind of been my, my like, uh, heuristic for my uh, online persona lately. Um, in terms of like adulting, you know, it's like... I like where you took that. The why, golden- like, yeah, and also just like t- Twitter is filled with horrible things. Oh, it's true. You know, Facebook is filled with horrible things. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, good one, mate. Seriously, why? That's fair. Yeah, you know, like, why make it worse? Like, your snark points don't count for anything. And believe me, I love snark points just as much as anyone. But like, you know, stop with the outrage. Let's quit mining outrage and selling it. So we replace. The new, the next level is just re- chilling out, smoking or whatever, and having a good ohm instead of outrage mining. Replace the outrage yeah. mining with ohm. 
and also possibly listening to the band Ohm while smoking is also good and acceptable. Yeah. Count, count your breaths, you know? It's true. I mean, um, I like TM. I do. I practice transcendental meditation and I found that's very effective at like improving my life. I mean, like overall, a huge perspective shift comes from learning that technique for at least my experience personally. And that's, you know, skin in the game talk. So walking, it's talk, it's walk talk. Nice. Hashtag walk talk. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's true though. That's true. I really like it. Um, It's not difficult. And I, it's, it's people and David Lynch pays for people to like get this like in schools and such like that's really very cool um new season of rick and morty is out have you seen any no but uh i keep meaning to watch it i've seen all of everything else and uh, thank you for reminding me brother brother joe have you seen bushland adventure no i have not seen bushland adventure oh my god treat yourself after invisibles tonight okay uh it's like 10 minutes don't even look into it just what's it on youtube okay <laughs> you're gonna die Marty. you're actually gonna die all right uh so the point is is that i'm glad that you brought it to that about adulting in the level of discourse because i think what we're getting to when i say i don't fuck utopia i mean i'm saying we can look at this like um on a level of a spectrum of vibrations and pneuma even, right? Because it's not what you said, it's how you said it. The sword and the stone, the word and the tone. And pneuma is that force, the breath, the word, that, the shekinah, the um, word that connects us all. And um, I think that's important to realize that it's vibrations is, you know, not to be taken without understanding when I say that if you're around someone, you feel something. That's what we mean by vibrations. It's something you can actually tangibly understand. It's not something that is, it's not something that's uh, vague and abstract. It's a very real and measurable phenomenon with, you know, practical enough instruments. But you know, money. It's not making that always available to everyone. But spectrographs and things like that will show you that there is ethereal energy, and basically bringing it around to the whole point. When I want a society that is you know, getting along and acting like adults. And would I like the person that says that there's a mathematical currency behind good behavior and ratioed behavior and people who feel good about what you say and how you say it. There's an actual geometry to our metaphysic of experienced practice, behavior, sociology. I'm jump. That's word salad. Let me say it again. Let me, uh, let me pull to the bone of the meat. Let me just say, that this is the lifeblood of our interaction. This is what we're talking about. How we feel, how you, you won't remember what they said. You'll remember how they made you feel. One of those similar concepts. And I think it's very important if we're going to have a forward conversation, art, spirituality, and healing, art, spirituality, and healing, art, spirituality, and healing, then we're going to need that as part of the main, one of the main tools as we find more and more to use. Also, nonviolent communication is a huge one. And again, the trivium and quadrivium, without doubt, without a doubt. I like what you said, though, because the feeling of how you make other people feel, because other people pass the shadow self and pass the ego. Like, you know, let's bring it back to something fun. Like, why do we celebrate birthdays? Why do, why do you like it when I say, Joe, happy fucking birthday, buddy? Why do you like that? Why does that somehow feel good besides all like the, 
you know, why the birth? You know what I mean? And I guess it's just acknowledgement and acceptance. Why though? Why? Why is that important? Why in this like strange universe? Is it because there's a truth behind unity? You know what I mean? Like, why is that important? Um, my fluffy new age answer would be because we're actually all the same thing. You know, we're all shards of the same God. So to actually vibrate in harmony with other things just makes it's, I mean, it's harmonic. It's obviously pleasant and pleasing. So to be in discord is unpleasant. Unless so like on a weird, like hermetic level. Discord. What's that? Unless oh, it's the yeah. six of swords. <laughs> but please finish what you were just saying. Please finish. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. Uh, I just, I mean, I'm not going to try to explain harmonics, but, uh, and it's like the whole, it's, I, mean, I don't even want to get into this, but it's, I mean, it's the idea of behind like hermeticism or even Taoism or any, any of esotericism in general, you know, it's like going with the flow is ideal. That's why it feels good because that you're, you know, it's like the idea of when you finally on the path working yeah. towards your true self. Like that's right. You know it. Even if it's hard, it still feels better. Um, another thing that we're seeing too, is that like, we might be actually moving towards a real energetic shift time, not just like a hokey pokey. This one was said, and even if we're not, I think that we're at the time when people's minds are getting a little more wired differently because of the internet. And I think that there's something important about this concept of like, you know, understanding the true self and what you really need and what's like electronically impulsed into you. I think that discernment of knowing is also very important, just the same as, you know, you look at Liz Frazier getting possessed by maybe different kinds of entities from different levels of, and you say for anyone who does that kind of magic of skinwalking or otherwise, you know, you're going to see that there's also, um, well, anyways, there's different currencies and frequencies and living in harmony is very important. We just need to take into account so many different aspects of how that works and what different kinds of, um, harmonies are being put out there because a fuller understanding of the entire score upon the chaos of which reality is written to para quote henry miller that we have the other entire you know let me just finish to say if you have half the score then you do not know the whole song and therefore you don't know what part to most efficaciously play if you know the entire score now you may even better write your part in that entire frequency symphony of composure I'd agree with that. I really do my best to stay away from word salad these days because these are tough, complex things and we're not speaking German or good proper Hebrew or yet I don't know. Don't have something I can just do the you know, say something like that. But anyways, we're drawing near the end of the show for tonight because you realize that we gotta jump skedaddle onto something else that we're not gonna really uh Yeah. <laughs> I mean I said it but like the point is is like I already uh I already made it in. So um what do you uh what do you got for the last kind of five minutes or a few minutes uh closing thoughts tonight, brother Joseph Deserman of the Bookmonger at the Twitters and such and such and do buy his books. Send him money, send him money, we send him money. Send us all money for Christmas or whatever you believe in. For every um, every every. 
we should just all send each other money and then we'll be okay. Well, I mean, capitalism works if it's done right, but you know, we're not going down that path. No, no. Um, uh, closing remarks. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've talked a bunch about a lot of stuff. Um, I would like to say that uh, I've been slowly getting my act together in terms of my, um, my online uh, life. And I'm actually working on building kind of a, a little bit of a, this is going to sound pretentious, but a media collective um, by the name of Strange Waves. I think I mentioned it before where it was yeah. just going to be a blog, but um, I'm trying to, I've been working on a new project, which is called The Secret Ch uh, Chefs. And it's a, love it. as of right now, it's just a, a cooking Instagram. It's at the underscore secret chefs, Excellent. which is a, yeah, which is obviously a play on the uh, secret chiefs. Um, and the whole idea there is to kind of just explore the, the magic of kind of like homemaking and your, you know, like the, uh, the effects of food and kind of the things that you ingest in your life. Uh, I've, I've been a cook for the majority of my adult life and I've just more recently been understanding how the magical worldview fits into that. And that's, it's something I kind of want to share with people because I cook constantly. So I figured I may as well. Oh, it's going to be so great. Do, do that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I've been moving the bookmonger and uh, now secret chefs under the strange waves umbrella. And uh, hopefully my, my intention is to kind of grow that into a collective of like-minded individuals and kind of trying to build a kind of like anarcho um, like media collective that, you know, so self-promotion and distribution of ideas and, uh, you know, books, writings, art, things like that. Uh, you know, just trying to get away from have, needing to make money on YouTube and needing to make money off of, uh, you know, like clicks and things like that, right. or having to have ad ads for things. Like if we're gonna have ads, we should have ads for, you know, like Arnomancy. You know, you know, you should have uh, ads brother, for right. the six of swords or, or, you know, whatever, like, you know, doing things to spread the word as opposed to trying to middleman, um, a couple, you know, like referral dollars. Yeah. Well, that sounds, I mean, besides without, yeah, that's true. So, um, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. This has been episode 13 of the six of swords and, uh, yeah, that's a cult fan at PayPal since, you just mentioned that, right? I think you go to PayPal and it's called fan of Gmail. And yada, yada, yada. But yes, thank you. I think that was a really awesome episode. I really appreciate Brother Joe coming on and I appreciate you listening. As you can uh, always find us on the Discord server, that is discord.com or whatever it is. I don't even know if that's what they do. I'm not even going to lie. You go to Discord on the internet and you go to the Discord place and you do the Discord thing. And you get a Discord name and Discord, Discord, Discord. So you can find Six of Swords through there. The Six of Swords is also going to be popping up on a few other players going forward. Uh, it's already available on Podcast Addict and anything that you have uh, that you can uh, get an RSS from. Well, it's also well, it's also on the Apple iTunes. And uh, yeah, that's really about it for this episode. We got some really exciting guests coming up. And as always, you know, it's like, 
everyone has their own view of what everyone should be doing. Final Fantasy VIII taught me a lot of uh, perspective and Taoism and persisting with your own point of focus despite the chaos that can be seemingly around you. So I want you to all just get a message from this show about art, spirituality, and healing that no matter where you're at, you're still cogent and extant in this world if you're listening to this and you're still able to really either imp you know pause where you're at and stop the destruction and rejoin creation or you're able to focus on yourself and internally alchemize yourself to become a better person or if you're already there then level three just start spreading the goodness around the world bring some entertainment or bring some education or bring some ecstasy I really do appreciate what Miguel said via Brother Jason Liu, which is you can choose to be entertained or you can choose to be in ecstasy. Jeez, man. <laughs> when you get it, you really do, huh? Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the show, and until next time, thanks for listening to The Six of Swords. Snappy tagline and witty remarks inserted here. Mm -hmm.